And welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. This week I'm with a really good friend of mine who many may recognize from Gallifrey One or San Diego Comic Con or other conventions, dressed as uh, all kinds of cool characters like Avon from Blake Seven and uh, Jamie McCrimmon and of course the second Doctor Patrick Troughton. Uh, please welcome Vaughn Donovan. Hi guys, nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> nice to listen to you. Yes. Uh, so I, I like to start at the beginning before we dive into costume specifics. Uh, what what first attracted you to the hobby of cosplay? Uh, I've been an actor like since I was a little kid. So I think it was just a you know an extension of that. You know, Halloween costumes just led from one thing to another. And then I, as I got a little older, uh, teenager, I realized that people actually wore costumes to these things called conventions. And people would like take your picture. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was sold. Uh, uh, my first convention was when I was, I think, fifteen, and I wore. I think it was like an anime costume or something, and I was just from then on. It just started snowballing. Would you call that uh, your first significant costume, the anime character, or? Uh... Yeah, I mean, the first one that I think I actually made a costume for a costume versus like a Halloween costume or something. Sure. So yeah, and that was probably ninety-seven or ninety. I think it was 97, 1997. Was the, was the term cosplay even around at that point or being used much? Because uh, I certainly don't remember it in 97. Well, uh, you know, you probably got into it through like Doctor Who and, and Western media, yeah. whereas I got into it through the anime side of things. And that's where the term cosplay comes from, Right, is, you know, the combination of costume and play. Right. And the Japanese love to do that with the words. So it was definitely called cosplay when I was doing it. Okay. And that took me a while to kind of go like, oh... That's what is what is cosplay, you know, like I'm just wearing a costume. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, are you cosplaying at the con? And I was like, what is that? So, yeah, I, it was it was a, it was popular in Japan at the time. And I guess for a while, I mean, especially back in the late 90s when anime was still pretty new before it became quite as mainstream, there was a really big divide between costuming and cosplay. And I think there still is some, but I think that it's a lot less weird if you saw somebody cosplaying a Star Wars character, you wouldn't be like, you're cosplaying, and they're like, "No, I'm in a costume." You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, I, I've noticed the uh, the distinction can, tends to be from people that that started, you know, obviously '90s or, or even earlier in the '80s, um, which I, I understand. And it, it to me, it, it just comes down to a term. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I understand the aversion to it because it, it does sound a bit weird if you're not used to it. Right. But uh, yeah, I've I've come to accept it. You know, it's it's like certain slang words that I wasn't keen on at first. I'm like, well, it's here to stay. Right. You know, and it, it is what it is. It's it's like, oh, well, this is what I do, but at least people still like it. And, you know, whether you like the term or not, if you're into the actual craft, if you're into the actual sporting the character, then it's awesome. And for most people, they're synonymous, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Exactly. Some people will be like, rawr, yes or no, I am or not. And if they are, then fine. You costume. You don't cosplay. But for most people, they're just, it's the same. Uh, what has been your most challenging or stressful costume you put together? Oh my god. I mean, that that can go so many ways because is it hunting for the exact right pattern where you have to like go get it printed exactly or are you talking more like physically sewing it took, you know, forever? Um, um you know, you know fa- fabric hunts and matching things it certainly can be frustrating uh and that that's certainly a deep level, but I I guess I'm interested in the ones that Either you had to really learn something to get it done, or it just took that extra effort to get it done. You know, like you, you, there was some blood and sweat into it. You know what I mean? I know I'm, I once made, and and a lot of my early costumes were anime costumes. So I apologize. You're not going to know who this character is. Sure. But uh, this was, I think, 2000 or 2001, and I I made a character who had like a robotic arm. 
um, kind of reminiscent of the Terminator, you know, when he takes his hand, his the skin off of his hand. So this is like the early 2000s and anime fandom. So it wasn't like quite to like the level of uh, Dragon Con or Comic Con where you see these amazing, amazing costumes. This is still back when people were wearing, you know, Grandma made it for me. And I remember being like, how am I going to make this character? How am I going to make this arm? And I met a guy who had done some really cool costumes. And he kind of opened my eyes to, he, he basically took like um, two liter bottles of soda and peeled them off and then, or peeled the labels off and washed them out and cut them up. And then used the way that he did it to, we built it over a glove and then spray painted it with metallic paint and did a lot of like detail work. And when you were done, there was no way that you could ever tell that it was once, you know, Coke bottles or plastic bits of, you know, junk. But yeah, I think that was definitely one of like the most challenging things that, and it, it was really cool too, because from that day on, I can walk into like a hardware store and look at, you know, uh, a, a funnel for a car and be like, oh, that's the shame, same shape as a Cyberman chest piece, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure you've probably done the same thing. You you just walk through Lowe's or something and you're like, oh, that tubing painted purple would be perfect, you know? Or the, like, it, cut this and split it in half and roll it out. Suddenly your brain is open to like this new way of thinking. Completely, completely, yeah. They can be a treasure trove, especially for costumes like that that are uh, involve plastics or robotics or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Or even useful for props, actually. It was, and it was very educational too, because I was more into like the I'm going to sew a shirt or I'm going to sew a pair of pants, and this was like a completely different field, I guess, uh, uh, that I'd never considered before. I was like, how would you make a robotic arm? I don't know, but now I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know. Um, yeah, you do sew uh, some of your own costumes. Are you self-taught? I took a sewing class in junior high for like six weeks. It was like a a sewing rotation, like everybody had to take like the same six electives or something. Sure. So I learned basics, like how to thread a needle on a sewing machine and how to like the basic, basic, basic stuff. And I think our project was to make like a pair of boxers. Like that was the final of the class. So I kind of learned, um, I was 13 when I learned. So, I mean, can you remember anything you learned when you were 13? I don't know, but I started sewing my own costumes when I was 15, 16 I am not in any way, shape, or form like a, a really good tailor sewer or whatever. Like compared to like some of our friends who are just amazing, I I can like sew a shirt. No, no, no that makes makes perfect sense. I, I'm I'm always uh, uh, telling people who who don't sew that either uh, know your skill set to decide if you want to pursue that. I think it's good to know the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm pretty much like you. I, I can do a few little things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I guess it's I want to run before I can walk. I, I need something by a certain time. I don't have time to learn to be really good, so I've got to go to somebody who's better. Right, and I, I definitely know my limitations. Yes. You know, like, I can make a shirt. I can probably make a pair of trousers. But, you know, if if I want to make, you know, like a really good-looking uh, jacket with a lot of pleats and pockets and mm-hmm. things, no. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could make that, but like you said, it would look fan-made. Yeah. If I want something to look really good, then... I'm going to go to someone else. <laughs> well, uh, under the connotation that there are some brilliant fan-made things out there, but that, oh, yes, yes, the the public perception of fan-made. Of fan-made. Yes, correct, there correct. Because um, I have some fan friends who can make amazing, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and some fans uh, actually are professional tailors in right. their day job, too. So Exactly. Yeah, so it's all it's all relative. Right. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, I, I know a lot of the, the Doctor Who cosplay that you do, um, but walk me through some of the other, uh, characters that you've done. Cause I, I know like Avon and I know, uh, the Power Ranger, <laughs> you know, which was very, uh, very interesting to do at Gallifrey there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Rock me through some of the other characters you've done. Cause it sounds like it's quite the gamut. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel very much that you should. Uh, well, at least for me personally, I, I have to do characters that I love, mm-hmm, that sure. I'm really passionate about. Sure. Some people don't. I mean, some people go like, who do I look like? Or who's popular right now? And I mean, that's fine. If that's if you want to do cosplay for a more popularity thing, fine. It's not what I do it for. I, I can't. I To put that much blood and time and sweat and money into a costume, I have to do something that I really love. So, you know, Avon, I think is awesome. I may oh, not yeah. look like Avon. I may not... Sound like Avon, I'm short, you know, but I love Avon, you know, I would love to pull off a really good Avon costume, and unfortunately I don't like 
my Avon costume. I guess that's part of the problem with being a costumer. It's never good enough. Never good enough. Yeah. Never good enough. So, yeah, I'm not going to bring that particular costume out anytime soon. But, you know. Well, unless we do a group, of course. But I would probably make another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's tough for me because Avon, uh, I always think of his later season looks. Yet, if you do the group, you want it to be like season one or two with like the full crew with Blake. And the Power Ranger one, like, I was a Power Ranger fan back in, like, 93, you know, mm-hmm. and always wanted to have, like, that really cool, like, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I like cosplay, too, is because, like, the stuff that you could get at Walmart for Halloween yeah. was never, ever what I wanted. Yeah. Like, a straight-up Power Ranger costume, you know, like, sure. I wanted to be amazing. And so, like, that that Power Ranger costume that I made was, like, a fulfillment of, like, 17-year-old childhood, you know? <laughs> was like finally i get to be a power ranger after 17 years or something i feel like that's the uh the starting force for a lot of people who got into costuming seriously because uh we would see you know those plastic jumpsuits or even those uh, cloth ones that usually were just like again a jumpsuit but just out of like Mm -hmm. cheap cloth and um you know yeah it might get you by as a kid but you always knew this is not as cool as what i saw on tv right and uh and you just go how can i make this better or in many cases you couldn't afford you know, what was licensed and official out there. So you had to make it. Right. Um, and I, I know a lot of people that it's one or the other, and that's kind of what got them into it beyond the love of costuming and the mm-hmm. characters and so forth. Well, and then you start going, I remember like the anime cons that I would go to, like in the late nineties, mm-hmm. I would start seeing like people walking around in stormtrooper costumes, sure. you know, like star yeah. Wars stormtrooper. And I was like, what, what's going on? Like where the, how did, how did you, like, it just blew my mind. Like, <laughs> these amazing costumes. Like I I had no concept that there was like a group of people out there like manufacturing these things or posting tutorials on how to do it and stuff. And as soon as you see one of those costumes, you're just like, I want one, (laughs) you know, like I didn't know until this moment that I wanted a stormtrooper costume, but now I want a stormtrooper costume. You see that compared to like the junky things that you can buy, even like official licensed stuff, you know, especially back in the nineties, like the official licensed stuff was not good, Mm -hmm. you know? So you find these fan-made things and you're just, that looks exactly like you did on the screen. And suddenly, like, you realize, I want to be in that costume. I want to be the one getting pictures taken of or whatever. Mm-hmm. At least that's how it was for me. Yeah, no, totally. I, I know I know exactly what you mean. And, and again, it's all relative. I mean, you know, the, the officially licensed stuff usually seems to be fine for the general public who isn't really into this. They're going to wear it one day a year at Halloween, you know, right. call it a day. Or but, they're made for display. Sure, sure. And then you have then you have fans who yeah they want to take it to the hilt and it's it's never good enough because yeah they do want as close to what was on screen or what the actor was wearing as possible or more because some people are like I want a stormtrooper uniform that I could like go fight battles in <laughs> you know like I want to be a stormtrooper uh-huh. and you're, um no <laughs> <laughs> completely different level it's like almost like Renaissance fair level of stormtrooperness. Adding real functionality to a prop or a costume that never had it, or, or had it but with post-production tricks and not practical tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's uh, that's another awesome thing with fandom. I've seen that happen too. Um, uh, you know, uh, side trick here. I didn't tell you that at the Big Wow Comic Fest I was at in May. Believe it or not, comic book convention, straight up comic book convention, and the masquerade. I don't think he entered. I think he was just hanging out with uh, everybody. There was a guy who was Villa. From season <laughs> season four. Oh, really? And I the biggest reason I caught on, because at first I'm like, I know that costume. I know that costume. He busted out the gun with the clip. And I'm uh, like, oh, my God, Blake 7, yeah. How <laughs> cool is that? But uh, so so basically you're saying that um, anime has been your other major outlet for, for characters. You haven't done, like, any superheroes or Star Trek or anything like that? Um, I've done Star Trek. I've done. I just recently did a, a Jedi, a Star Wars, a Luke Skywalker, the Return of the Jedi one. Oh sure, yeah. I recently did that. I actually wore that to an anime con, and I'm not. Uh, that was a costume that I went budget on. Um, I mean, Star Wars, you can go, you can buy a house for the cost of some of these costumes, mm-hmm. and I went pretty budget on that one. I bought it off of like a seller on Etsy who had a lot of. Pretty decent looking stuff. I just wanted a new costume to wear to this convention. I actually have several Star Trek costumes. I have an Enterprise costume, if you can believe it or not. Wow. Which one? Um, I was a fan of Malcolm Reed. Okay. So I've got his engineering or whatever he was. Security. Armory. Yeah, security. 
Well, it's just I, I'm aware uh, when I first um, when I first met you, you were wearing your Jamie McCrimmon, and mm-hmm. I knew who you were because I had seen some of your posts on Cosplay.com mm-hmm. as both Jamie and as the uh, season 18 fourth Doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, you're still probably one of a, a handful of people I know that have even attempted that costume because there's so much complexity to it, or or uh, um, underestimated complexity to it. But, That's uh, another one of those costumes where uh, I haven't brought it back out because I'm unhappy with the quality of the costume that I have. I like. I'm one of the few people who actually likes that costume. No, no, there is a fan base for that costume. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm, I'm not trying to spin it like that. Some oh, people love it. Yeah, it, it, it's not done as often i think because it's not as liked there there's the fringe group of fans who like it but i think it's it's one of the less common commonly liked costumes and that's fine uh more for me but (laughs) it's also very difficult to do that's right it's very difficult and i should find that costume and and look it over again because i haven't thought of it since i think i wore that in 2006 so it's it's been a while um but yeah i was not happy with it you know and in order to redo it, I would have to put a lot of money and time into it. And the other thing is that I'm five foot seven. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Tom Baker's what six four? About that, yeah. You know, and I mean, you're probably feeling short when you do him, and you're considerably taller than I am. So yeah, I, I love Tom Baker, and I would love to pull off that costume and really do it. If if not to like a Bob Mitch standard, at least to a Von Donovan standard, where it's <laughs> you know like. It should always, you know, or, you know, it's, it's a $500 costume instead of a $1,500 costume or something, you know? Right. No, it it should always be at a a Von Donovan standard. Come on. I mean, it's, uh, (laughs) and I don't mean it in the way you do. I mean, just that you should do it for you. You should do it what suits you. Yeah. Right. And I'm not happy with it. But the other thing is that I'm, I'm too short to pull it off. And sometimes that doesn't bother me, but sometimes it does. And now that Doctor Who has gotten much more popular, because I mean, I remember when I met you. And we both kind of had like low end quality costumes, you know, like not oh. not low end, but they were not what they are now. Yeah, I remember. And uh, we were like, I think the only two costumers that we saw. Oh, you're yeah. talking about Gallifrey in 07? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've told people this many times that it's, it's strange to uh, remember that in the mid O's when I was first going to Gallifrey, not in costume. Uh, I barely saw anybody in costume. If they were there, they certainly weren't in my field of vision. But back then, I was more about the panels and the dealer's room. Uh, but even still, I mean, let's face it. If you go today, if you just did that, you're still going to bump into a ton of people in costume. Right. Back then, there might have been one or two, but like I just did. a scarf did... or something. Oh, yeah, people did wear scarves. But, you know, that's that's like wearing the Doctor Who t-shirt to me. That's just, right. you know. Right, right. just represent. And in 07, when I finally said, okay, I'm going to wear my costume, and uh, which is silly, I should have worn it earlier. But you know, this this shows you the difference in time. It was that I thought I might stick out strangely if I'm the only right. guy in costume. So I remember bringing it in '05 or '06, and actually deciding not to wear it because I wasn't seeing anybody else in costume. Uh, Can you believe that? Wow. Uh, but no, you're right. When I first saw you, I remember there was maybe ten ten people total in costume. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember ten. I just remember you. I mean, honestly, I don't remember anyone. Part, I mean, it's great. I love watching the way that the community has grown. Mm-hmm. And as a result, like, I feel even less need to bring out, like, that old season 18 costume because, I don't know, like, somebody else can do that and do it better than me. Okay, if you want. I mean, if you love it, do it. But on the other hand, right. if you've got something right, else you'd rather true, do, then do that. I don't know. I guess I've kind of moved on from it. I mean... If it, I mean, and, and of course, it's it's money, and do I want to spend the $500 to fix that up, or do I want to spend $500 on something new? Yeah. And that's kind of how it keeps going. Priorities. Yeah. yeah. Do you keep upgrading, or do you go for the new? Because they, they both have a certain level of satisfaction that are kind of different. Uh uh, yeah, no, I, I do remember literally in my head, like, I don't do a straight head count, but just an estimated head count, mm-hmm. that those numbers did pretty much double every year exponentially, mm-hmm. so that by the time you got to 2010, it was a pretty sizable number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was cool, because let's face it, if we were, like, the only few guys flying those colors, that would have kind of been depressing, but uh, it's really, I mean, let's face it, there's now a, a well-supported costume track of panels, mm-hmm. the masquerade is huge again, and there wasn't even a masquerade in 07. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, big turnaround. But, oh, yeah, I love it. Uh, but, you know, I, I really loved uh, the Jamie McCrimmon. Uh, why don't we talk a bit about that? 
Uh, well, I think one of, I mean, I've, for one thing, Jamie is my favorite companion of all time. So that really helps. And I'm fortunate enough that I kind of look like Jamie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessary that you look like the character that you want to costume as, but it can help. And for instance, um, with the Tom Baker thing, like the guy is 6'4", and I'm 5'7". So you don't have to be 6'4 to pull off Tom Baker convincingly. I mean, you're not 6'4". I don't even, you're not even 6 foot, are you? Yeah, I'm 5'11". And you're a great Tom Baker. I mean, you put that costume on and it's bam, Tom Baker. I put that costume on and I look kind of like a kid in his dad's clothes. <laughs> and I have that problem somewhat with Troughton as well, except for the fact that although Troughton is a 55-year-old man, he's short as well. So mm-hmm. um, with Jamie, he's my favorite companion, and I feel like I can pull him off really well. And that works very much to my advantage. And it, it makes me really like continue to want to rewear that costume. Like, in other conventions, like, I don't usually wear the same costume, like, two years in a row. Like, it feels wrong for some reason. Like, get a new costume. Sure. But Jamie, like, I constantly bring because I love wearing it and people love seeing me in it. And I feel like I can still upgrade the costume and that I I can, I don't know. There's just something about it that I, I just really enjoy walking around. Like, it's almost like clothing. Like, it's my costume like my uniform for the con or something. I don't know. The comfort factor is very high. Yeah, it is. It's very comfortable com- costume, and I can't say that for a lot of costumes. Sure, and it, you know he's a very well liked character, and uh, especially and, at Gallifrey. And he's getting more and more recognition. You know, right? Uh, every year that I go, like I remember the first year I went, like nobody knew who I was. I mean, like John Levine knew who I was, <laughs> <laughs> and like that was about it. You know, and now everybody knows who Jamie is. Not everybody, but a much, much larger percentage of people know who Jamie is and appreciate the costume. Right. And it's always nice to get appreciated. And it's really nice to have a Zoe and a, a Troughton or a, you know, I'd love to have a Victoria someday or a Ben and a Polly. And mm-hmm. I'm always looking for like good photo ops. <laughs> uh, no, completely. I mean, that's why it, it was, it was great. The, the year we could organize and be the full series, uh, six series, season six. Yes. TARDIS crew. Um, yeah. And, uh, it definitely is a lot of fun doing Troughton and, uh, and Terry loves being Zoe. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, amongst other ideas we've had for Nan Who, uh, purely because we've just been watching the Crotons, uh, she's been eyeing up that Crotons outfit going like, uh, oh, you know, and I'm like, so she might be doing the Croton hey. Zoe for Gallifrey. Who knows? Yeah. And uh, that's a costume where I, that's like the kind of black mini skirt with like the shells on it or something, right? Yeah. It's like vinyl with a yeah. red, red trim. Yeah. I remember Wendy Padbury saying that it was made out of like basically tissue paper and was like tearing and all sorts of crazy stuff. And I was like, that is a costume where you, you don't go with screen accuracy. You go with something more durable. Yeah. Yeah. Durable durability and and something that would last. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's funny too, because I'm a big fan of her wheel and space outfit. I'm always like, what about that one? What about that one? What about that one? And I can tell she's like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But I think she, you know, she really does get attracted to the, the way out kind of, spacier outfits hence mm-hmm. the the sparkly cat suit and, and the dodo dress but um yeah uh i mean ja- jamie is uh is an awesome character and uh, you pull him off well i know you've uh you you had a big deal about replacing what was it the kilt and the vest uh, i haven't replaced the well i keep trying to replace the vest that's it and and, and all of the replacements I, I like less than what i already have uh i'm basically gonna just have to make if i want the vest to look the quality that i want it to look i'm gonna basically have to like make it myself or either source the material and send it to somebody to make it for me who can do it better than I can, because I have searched everywhere for uh, the the vest, and I think that that must have been made custom for him, oh, or sure. else, or else was um, you know some '60s one of you know mm-hmm. the the kilt I have I've considered replacing, and that's another thing because well I mean one you're dealing with store brand items from 1967. good luck finding it now right you guys think you're having problem finding stuff that was discontinued in 2006 yeah yeah take it back 40 years yeah if you can even find the names and then um we we sourced jamie's tartan on his kilt oh yeah and and it's um it's like some rare super rare like variant tartan so like even if you can find it like i found one scottish guy who can carry who carries the tartan and you have to buy like a an official kilt, which is like 350 pounds or something. And that's just more than I'm currently willing to pay 
Considering that my kilt that I use has really good read, I'm fine with it. I mean, obviously, if money was not an option, sure, I would love to get the official, official tartan. But I've, I mean, you might have people who walk up to you and say like, oh, Tom Baker's scarf in this season was actually 16 stitches long and not 17 stitches long or whatever. Like, I've never had anybody come up to me and say that kilt tartan is wrong. Um, You won't in real life. That kind of thing only happens online usually. (laughs) Maybe so. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I don't go to Gallifrey Base or any of those message boards. um, So I'm probably lucky in that regard. In terms of sanity sometimes, yeah. (laughs) Fortunately, I think in the circles that I I run in, the only person who would say that's the wrong tartan is me. Okay. (laughs) Well, then then you're okay. You're doing all right. I mean... And, and I mean, I would like to upgrade it, but once again, it comes to uh, cost versus do I want to put $500 into that or do I want to put $500 into something new? Do you have any, I know you did that uh, great breakdown, which I'll, I'll link on the post, but uh, do you have any um, uh, hidden tips or tricks for anyone uh, looking into doing Jamie? You know, I really don't know. I, I would recommend a wig um, for a lot of people just so that you don't have to worry about it. Uh, so many people are afraid of wigs for some reason. I don't know if you've discovered that, too. To a degree. I mean, I'm now down the rabbit hole where a lot of people around me are are happy with wigs. But uh, I do know that uh, when I first started wearing wigs for a costume uh, with Greatest American Hero and Tom Baker, uh, I had a mild aversion at first because you you always think of those cheap Halloween wigs. Right. Yeah. And I I find that a lot of guys in costuming, especially, they get afraid of the wigs and the makeup. And they don't understand that those are as important as the rest of the costume a lot of the time. Sure. It's one thing to wear a costume. It's another thing to try to costume as a character. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can put on a Tom Baker costume, but I'm not Tom Baker. I'm not I'm not really being the fourth doctor. Whereas, like, you put on the wig and the sideburns and the makeup and everything, and you really kind of embody that character. And it's not it's not role-playing the character, but it's really just kind of tapping into the spirit of that character. Exactly. And I really think that, especially from um, a fan looking at you or taking a picture of you, the wig and the makeup can really make a huge difference. And it's it's sad that a lot of people are kind of like, oh, makeup, rah, 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 I'm a man. And I'm like, but it's not like lipstick and <laughs> blush, you know, it's... It's it's completing the. I mean, there's no way that I could pull Troughton off without makeup. Sure. You know, and you can tell by the end of the day when my makeup has started like sweating off, I just look like a kid in his dad's clothing again. You know, it's. But Frumpy works for that particular doctor, though. Right. That's yeah. true. So I'm sweating my wrinkles off, basically. You know, like <laughs> I'm I'm a relatively young guy and I look very youthful. So it works great for Jamie, who's supposed to be what seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. But. When I'm playing Troughton, I'm supposed to be like a 50-year-old, well, a 900-year-old, but uh, played Four, by a 450-year-old. Right. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, don't don't flame me. I got that wrong. But yeah, I mean, he played by, I think, Patrick Troughton was like 56 or something. So, seven mm-hmm. or I don't know. But he was much older than I am and had a, a weathered face. And if I don't put some uh, line, some makeup on, I, I look like a kid, you know? I have one picture of me from Comic-Con, like 2008, I think, uh-huh. in costume, and the flash has hit me in such a way that it's, like, washed my face out, and I look like 12. It's amazing. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. I, I know that, yeah, when I'm done Troughton, uh, I have to do a, a little makeup, more more suggestive makeup, um, uh, stagey kind of makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to one day to try it with, like, real, like, like go all out, but yeah. um, I, I find if you just suggest it with, like, the bags under the eyes... And, yeah. and cheat the cheeks a little bit, and, well, and he's so got on. such amazing eyebrows, for that instance. Too. Yeah, I mean, you just put his eyebrows on. I have very thin eyebrows, and he's mm. got like massive caterpillars on his forehead. So, yeah, <laughs> to, like darken my eyebrows and put some crow's feet in, and like the frown. Yeah, the frown's important. Got to yeah. do the frown. Master that frown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you, uh, I, I, you know what, while we're here, let, let's talk a bit about the Troughton wig, which is uh, terribly important, that the, the beetle cut wig. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a case where I'm like, you need a wig. I mean, even if you think that you have hair that is like that, it's not going to be like that by the end of the day. No. You know, you're going to sweat, you're going to walk, people are going to touch you, whatever. Like, your hair is not going to work. I mean, some people can pull it off, and it's different if you're doing something like... 
um, Rose Tyler, maybe, where she's got like normal kind of hair and a normal kind of style. And if you're a blonde, you could probably pull that off. But like Troughton, his hair is just so rumpy. <laughs> yeah, that that bowl cut, it did so much part of that character. Yeah. And and that's a weird case because a lot of wigs, like nice end wigs, um, are really nice. And they won't do that kind of frump. Like you, you really have to like, most of my wigs I keep on a wig head, like carefully brushed and combed with like a bag over it and like carefully stored in my closet. The Troughton wig I actually ball up and put in my pocket, the pocket <laughs> my Troughton costume. Because that is like his hair, like... It feels like so horrible to say that, but that is actually like what I do. And then I take it out and I put it on and I just kind of like put my fingers through it and make it kind of fluff up. And then sometimes I'll run some hairspray through it or something to kind of get it to hold. Yeah. But that particular costume, that wig, I, I batter because that's the read. That's how his hair looks. It's true. And, and you, you taught me that too. Cause at first I went for a nicer mm. style and I was, I was oh, looking. What? I've messed up your wig many times. Being yeah, like it. no, it needed it because I was looking way too much like McCartney from the Beatles. Right. Yeah, and uh, you're right. It has to be frumped up and and uh, very disheveled. Yeah, what what I always recommend to people looking for this wig, there isn't a standard. Maybe you got a standard wig. I didn't. I had to get a wig no. that had to get a cut of it and styled. I think it was a woman's wig. Yeah, mm. I got a China doll wig, and I, you know, you always want to buy a wig that's too long. And usually something that doesn't have a part in it, like a skin top or something. For Troughton, it's really nice because his hair just goes every which way. So you don't want to have like a, a hard top part in that. But yeah, I don't, I think every costume that I have has a wig. Yeah, I, I've been lucky. I've had some characters that didn't need a wig, but uh, it, it does add so much when you can do it. And it's amazing how, not just a costume, but a wig and maybe a little extra facial hair, whether it be fake or you that you grow out will change your appearance uh, and put you more into that character. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you're no longer just the fanboy wearing the costume. You, you are kind of bringing that character to life and it's all about crossing that line. So that for those crucial, what 30 seconds, one minute you're there with a fan who wants a photo, you, uh, you make them believe again. It's interesting. Like just uh, last week on Saturday, I was at a convention in Pasadena. In fact, I was about, four streets away from you. And um, I ran into the sky and he's like, Vaughn. And I looked at him and I was like, I know you, but who are you? And I realized it's because I had never seen him in like street clothes. Uh-huh. I was him in like amazing costumes with like colored contacts and like crazy wigs and all sorts of crazy stuff. And I was like, this is so weird. Like it just perfectly shows like how much a costume can change who you are. Because I was like, this is a guy that I've hung out with like for many hours, you know, in conventions and didn't recognize because he's not wearing one of the costumes that I'm used to him wearing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So on the flip side, I've also been at conventions in a costume that either is new or somebody hasn't seen me in there something before. And they will think that I'm either somebody else because I'm wearing the costume that they're used to seeing that person in, yep. or they'll see somebody in a Troughton costume, for instance, and think it's me because they associate me with that costume. So, Yep, run into I think that. I've had that experience before with um, people wearing your costumes. Yeah, yeah, no. When people have worn my McCoy and especially my Tom Baker, they'll think, "Oh, that's Bob over there," and then really, I'm the Cyberman or something. And How did uh, he costume change that quickly? Yeah, that was funny. Uh, some people watched that YouTube of the Brigadier skit and they thought that uh, Justin was me that I did the fastest change ever from a Cyberman to Tom Baker, and I'm like, impossible. <laughs> impossible I should, I should that show on the road if i can change that quickly no kidding yeah gosh i wish i could have but no there's no way that cyberman's a just a bear to both put on and take off and that tom is not fast to get on either oh, not to mention dripping with sweat oh yeah 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 um no it's it's uh it's funny because when i first wore you know tom baker with the wig and that wig is so nice that um i've had a lot of people see me without it and kind of go, whoa, because they all think that wig's my real hair, right. if they if they don't know me. Right. Yeah. I've had a lot of people assume that my wigs are my real hair for whatever reason. I guess you just get used to seeing somebody in it. Sure. And it kind of cracks me up because sometimes they're, like, really weird wigs. You know, like, for instance, the Troughton wig. Like, have you ever met anybody who has hair like that? I mean, I guess Patrick Troughton had hair like that. Yeah, Patrick but he... Patrick was not wearing a wig, and Tom Baker was not wearing a wig. But they both had, like, such... Like cartoonish hair. 
You know, it's just kind of like, you know, that they were like in a makeup stylist. Like, I know Tom Baker got his hair curled, you know, like I've seen pictures of him with curlers in his hair. But that was toward the end. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. His hair was flattening out by the end because uh, he had health issues. And yeah, they were curling it by the end. Bob is here bringing, he's dashing my dreams and my, my perceptions of the world here. Well, this is, no, Trouton, Trouton had to have it style all the time. Isn't it uh, true that I read when he came back to do his reappearances, uh, you know, in like the two and the five doctors and stuff that he was always disappointed. They could never get his hair to, to quite do what it did in the sixties that he had. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, all of that hair was gone. I mean, he was like 50% gray at that point, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the gray hair, you know, just doesn't style the same way. Uh, he should have gotten a wig, man. <laughs> there you go. Trotton needed a wig. Trotton could have endorsed a wig. Wow. Back in the eighties when cosplay was not what it was. I mean, there were people dressing up. I've seen some, actually a lot of very cool, fun cosplay for Dr. Who in the old, um, mm. PBS specials, like once upon a time Lord and stuff. And I'm like, and it makes me kind of go, man, I wish I was there. You know? Well, at least you were into Dr. Who back then. Cause I didn't get into Dr. Who until the new series. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm one of the, I'm one of the fans that, came in with Eccleston and then immediately got into the classic stuff and said, I really kind of prefer this stuff. Wow. We're, we're out there. <laughs> we are. No, no, I know. I know. And I think it's great that uh, new who is so popular that it has done that for a lot of people. And when, when yeah. you're done gobbling it up, Hey, there's all this great history for you to dive back into. And there are a lot of people who are doing that too. And mm-hmm. it makes me so excited every time I see, you know, like a Romana at a costume, you know, in a costume or a Leela or Perry or something. And I'm like, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. These are young new people who are getting into the old series. And, you know, they also tend to be fans of the new series, but, sure. and I mean, I'm a fan of the new series as well, but you know, I've yet to find anybody that I really want a costume from the new series. Have you, have you done any new series costumes? Um, I thought you were doing the Jackson Lake. Jackson Lake's high on my list. Yeah. I, I do really want to do him. Um, there's issues there with the fabric, which you know all about. But, um, yeah, well, you know, we, we have ways to possibly get around it. It's just, it's just fallen on the back burner and, you know, one day I'll get back to it. But the, uh, but the thing is, he's like a surrogate doctor. We laughed about that. And, uh, I do have an Eccleston, I do have a Smith and I do have a tenant, but I don't. That's more of like completing your collection, isn't it? You're right. I, I would rarely wear them myself because there are other people that do it so much better. I can't recall you ever being in either of those costumes. Uh, no, I've never worn uh, the the tenant. I, actually, that's my most recent doctor I put together was the tenant, and uh, I've only had that together complete for about a year. And yeah, I put it on to put it on to make sure it fits and looks good. But mm-hmm. I've seen your jacket, your nine jacket. I know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've never had call to wear it. Actually, I've worn elements of that outside once in a while in my daily life, and of course, nobody <laughs> tweaks on it. Wait, I had one guy recognize uh, the jacket, and uh, he uh, he was freaking out about it, and it was at a autograph show that uh, had nothing to do with Doctor Who. But uh, Smith, I wore briefly once for uh, Comic Con when CJ needed me to be the Eleventh Doctor to trans a regeneration joke and a repro uh, thing they were doing. So I, it's been done, but you know, the bottom line is that I know I'm not, you get back to casting. I'm not, I'm not as well cast for those. You've got guys out there, uh, like Kevin Copa and, uh, and Ewan and, and a plethora of these other guys who just, they're all, they're much closer. They're much closer in build or, or, you know, the youth look or whatever. Eccleston, maybe I might do, but I, I have, he's like probably my least favorite doctor. So, well, and there's another thing with Eccleston, you can't do a wig with that. Yeah, you can, but yes. it gets complex. Yeah, it, I mean, it's that, better to that, not to. Yeah. And yeah. in, in Eccleston's case, like if you can pull that haircut off, that is a say, a case where I would say, cut your hair. Yeah. You know, I mean the the level of a wig required to pull that kind of look off mm-hmm. is much more difficult than just cutting your hair if you can pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I've I've tried like I did um wash from Firefly once. Right. Who was like a strawberry blonde. And I have very dark, I mean, my hair is probably as dark as your hair and kind of curly. So I, I bleached it and dyed it like strawberry blonde and I just looked ridiculous because I'm Italian, you know, I I looked like I had like, I don't know, like bleached blonde hair, you know, it looked ridiculous. And I had dark brown eyebrows and I tried coloring them and I tried like putting like makeup to make me look like Irish. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) it, It just, it. Like in some photos, it kind of worked, but in in most pictures, I just look ridiculous, you know. And so that's that's like a casting thing, you know. It's like 
without I, going to like professional grade levels of makeup, you know. Yeah, I know you're you're totally right. Uh, that's the deceptive thing. If you have dark hair and you go blonde or vice versa, your skin tone may not work right. for that, and you have to be aware of that. Whether you need to change the tone of the blonde, decide to just not do it, uh, or uh, add makeup to make up for that fact. And yeah, I, I discovered that when I did the blonde Davison wig that I'm like, oh my god, I'm a horrible blonde. <laughs> And I had to live with it. I just made, had made it work. With us. And there's a few photos, you're right, where the light's kind of right. Where I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then there's other photos where I'm like, oh. <laughs> and Davison at least has, like, kind of a darker color and, like, a lot of hair. Yeah. But, like, Wash has got, like, relatively short hair. And he is, like, super, like, pale, like, Irish with, like, translucent kind of white skin and, like, blue eyes. And I'm like, I'm so Italian. I can't do this. <laughs> Which is sad because he's a character that I really like, and I feel like I could probably pull off relatively well, but don't look anything like, as opposed to Jamie, where effortlessly I look like Jamie, you know? So back to Trotton. Okay. Uh, the morning frock coat. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I, I was very thankful that you had kind of done this costume first. I got to pick your reign when I did my version. And at the end of the day, I ended up going with, with Baron Boutique to make it because I was trying to find one, trying to find one. On eBay, it's very hard to find these, um, at least in the right. I mean, you can kind of get a morning frock coat with a sweep, but you can never find it with four buttons mm-hmm. and these crazy pockets. Most don't even have pockets. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is most of them are not in my size. They're usually too small, especially if you go vintage. Right. And uh, that's why I just, in the end, just had to get it made. And it's like like you say with your costumes, it's it's pretty good. They, they messed up two things. I wish they correct. One is luckily very covered and the other's in the back where almost nobody tends to look. So uh, one of these days I might have it redone. But certainly for now, it's it's more than good enough. I'm not freaking about it. But what did, what did you do? Didn't you find a vintage uh, coat? Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing is I, I'm a lot more uh, lenient on accuracy. I mean, I really like accuracy and I always know what's wrong. With my costumes, but uh, I'm often like okay with not upgrading them for certain levels. But yeah, I found my coat uh, on eBay, and it's vintage. It's like uh, an 1800s vintage coat. I think it's from the 1890s, and very, very vintage. Very, I mean, still very durable, uh-huh. but definitely um, fragile. And I actually recently got it um, fixed. Like the some of the seams were coming out of it on the inside and stuff, and I took sure. it to a Taylor and had him fix up some of it but yeah it's a vintage coat and fortunately I mean and this is one case where it's good that I'm five foot seven and and relatively small because I can fit into those vintage coats and with the exception of the pockets the the big baggy pockets on the front which I think he had added onto his coat as well makes sense um I think it's very accurate I mean I haven't quite counted like everything but i'm pretty sure the buttons are correct um the cuff buttons might be off um i let me i know i have the breakdown up <laughs> <laughs> i've got it up on my but yeah i mean it, it's definitely like it's got the smaller um lapel and the the buttons that are really difficult to find because so many morning coats nowadays just have like one really low button yeah or it'll have, like three and i'm pretty sure that mine's got all four and it's got the the right length. the The pockets, like that's one of the problems, is that because the pockets I had to add on, like I I've done my best to match the black fabrics, but unless you have the same black dye lot, it's almost impossible, you know. So yeah, I would like to upgrade my pockets. I think someday. Yeah, um, I, I think also though, if, if you're in the range, you're fine. I think the important thing with that coat, uh, more so than just the the sweep and silhouette is the fit. It's got to look frumpy and baggy. It's it's, it's got to be like a size too big. <laughs> right. And that's another problem with the uh, fact that a lot of the vintage coats are so small. Like if you find one that fits you, that's great, but it needs to be like a size too big. Yeah. And that's not as great. So, and I mean, that's one of the nice things that mine is um, really old. So it looks really kind of beat up. Mm-hmm. And like, that's part of the read. That's part of the, like, I, you know, like some of these times you get these costumes and you're like, this is beautiful. But in order to make it really work, I have to like weather it. Like, I know you did that with your ninth doctor jacket, right? Yeah. Justin did that actually. Yeah. He did a fabulous job with it. it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I really don't want to do that to this piece of, you know, clothing or something, but mm-hmm. that you have to, to do it, to make it look right. 
and fortunately, like my jacket was pretty beat up when I got it. So I really lucked out on that one. I've looked, I mean, I looked for a long time until I found it Mm -hmm. and I've looked since and I got that for like a hundred bucks, I think. And it was basically like a steal. I I was very lucky with it. Very lucky indeed. Uh, Along with the uh, the coat, the deceptive thing about that costume is the shirt, because most people will wear the uh, a pale blue or, or white shirt, but it's that collar. The yeah. collar is so distinctive, and you're not going to find a shirt off the rack with that collar. It's a soft, floppy, you know, collar with like no, no shape to it at all. It's not a modern collar. Now, do you think that that was? A, I mean, maybe you know. Um, I, I don't know if that was like a '60s jack or an actual shirt that was sold in the '60s that he curled, or because I mean, those kind of big lapels were popular back in the '60s. Lapel, well, yeah, the big collars were, were popular and, and would have come in style. Uh, I, no, I, I don't know for sure, but um, I, I actually think it could have been a shirt they found. I lean to the idea that it was, it was custom or customized. I mean, look at the fact that when you see the sleeves in, um, what is it? Uh, seeds of death. They're all puffy. They're, they're kind of weird and puffy and it looks like they've been like hacked off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, cause you can almost, there's no finishing on those sleeves at right. all. You so you can it, definitely tell that they're like threads hanging from mm-hmm. it. So you wouldn't have got it off the rack like that. I, I do get the impression it was a shirt that was, that was at least customized, if not custom done. And they, okay. they did it to, make him look even more a little uh, disheveled, you know, because a clean, regular collar would have probably looked too proper on him. Right. Um, wow. And uh, to get a, to get that collar today, I, you know, I generally tell people, j- you just got to take it to a, a tailor, online or offline, and have a shirt redone with uh, some donor fabric. Because yep. there really isn't an off-the-rack option for that. Not, yeah, not exactly anyway. I've, I've never actually done that collar for my costume, but I did a collar very similar to Pertwee's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did a Harry Potter costume. I don't know how familiar you are with Harry Potter. But um, Ron wears, like, these really frumpy Yule Ball robes oh. in one of the movies. You probably don't know it. But the shirt that he wears is very similar to a uh, Pertwee shirt okay. with the, the ruffles down the front and then, like, the big long collars. And I made that shirt, and to do that, I basically cut the bottom off of another shirt that was the same the same shirt, yep. so the, the colors were the same, and then just made a collar that worked, you know? And, I mean, you just stick it back on. It's a relatively easy thing to do for, like, a, somebody who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that that is definitely what I would recommend somebody for a Troughton to do, is just add a collar on. Now that I've said, oh, it's so easy, I guess I have to... It to my drowning costume, huh? Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that. That if you if you are looking off the rack, the best you can do is find a nice flat collar that's wide, somewhat seventies. Mm-hmm. So at least you get some of the width, and you it's still it's not a stand up dress shirt collar. It's it's going right. to lay more flat, or you could try to curl it. That's the best you could do off the rack, I think. I mean, if you are getting a, an off the rack shirt, then you need to take that out and iron it, and iron iron the crease out. And then crumple it up so that it flops, you know, like you can't have like that nice V shape. Exactly. Like like that a nice collar would have, like you really need to like beat the hell out of that thing. So it loses that, I don't know, that shape to it. It's really hard to do that though. That's why I say it's better to find more of a casual shirt or vintage shirt that has some, some width and it lays flat. And that way all you're doing is trying to maybe stiffen it slightly to get the shape. But let's talk about those pants huh oh the trousers now you well, did eventually find a good fabric didn't you well i mean well first off you, you there's this series uh series series season four trousers with that are like the loud check that he's wearing in power of the daleks mm, uh right. some people really prefer that and you know that makes a statement of course uh and that's you know with some with some vintage thrift store shopping you can find something in the range if you go to a good wool Story, you might find something a nice uh, check, or you know, do some uh, tartan shopping. Right. I'm not as big of a fan of that. There's, uh, there's what we ended up going with the the sort of large houndstooth pattern. Mm-hmm. I like those pants, but he wears them in one serial, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. So yes. So it's it's a very it's like a variant. You know, if if you happen to have those pants already, that's great. But if you want to like really do the trout and reed, you need to get those houndstooth pants. Because he wears them almost all the time, yeah. Those I mean, other than that one cereal, and maybe like a little bit of the Highlanders, uh-huh. 
like he's always in those houndstooth or maybe like the two doctors or something but well yeah he doesn't wear that stuff in the reappearances they just approximated his look right. exactly right um yeah no 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 um the uh the, that i mean i ended up with a thrift store buy that read pretty good and it was in that sort of light blue which i thought worked well i just had to take the flares out of it and they're good. I don't have any major complaints. The the thing is, I wish they were a little higher waisted. Mm. And at some point, every every fabric I found didn't have the right tint. Like if it's gonna have a tint, it either to me should be that nice light blue that you got, or it should be um, gray. Mm. And everything I found was like too purple, too red, too orange. And I'm like, ah. So one of these days when I'm not looking for it, when I'm out, right. you know, searching for, you know, something for a different doctor or a different costume, I'm sure I will find it and go, this is the stuff and I will upgrade the trousers. Uh, but yes, no, it's, it's important to try to get them high waisted. I, I always say check vintage stores. You'll, you'll find some reject from the sixties or seventies that you can use. Um, don't be afraid to tailor out flares cause they can't be flared. And, uh, yeah, and hey, and make him high waters, because, boy, you know, uh, yeah. he, he really has that look about him of, uh, you know, the hobo. Nothing fits right. Nothing yeah, fits nothing fits right. right. Yeah, yeah. Bag years I, about that was another really lucky eBay find for me. Um, mine, I'm pretty sure, were vintage from the 60s. I mean, they're definitely vintage. And I bought them, like, in a lot. So I actually got exact same pair of pants in light blue and kind of white and brown and white. Oh, cool. I'm never going to wear them. I still have them like somewhere and they're like women's pants. So they kind of fit funky, but they've, I mean, and I've looked for a lot and I've actually got several other, I've got at least two other pairs of pants that I bought thinking that they were a good read. And when I got them, they were not what I thought that they were. Ah, so I mean, I'm sure you've had that experience before as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How many like random crap do you have in your closet? Uh, but yeah, the ones that I have have definitely been the best that I've found, and I'm pretty happy with them. Um, obviously, there are things that I would change or tweak about them, but in terms of like being matching hounds tooth size, they're the closest that I found. I don't know why that particular size is like so impossible to find, though. Well, it's not a popular thing today. That's the you know, it's not in style. It's- uh, they're either like minuscule or giant, like the size. Like, have you seen some of like the enormous houndstooth stuff that's out these days? Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, trying trying to get the scale right is tricky. As a matter of fact, the the ones I have that I ended up going with were a touch small. The mm-hmm. ones I had a backup pair that I felt the scale was better, but um, the uh, the read of the houndstooth looked too clean. I don't know how else to say it looked too tidy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. ultimately, I didn't go with those. So, um, you know, that was sacrificing one thing for another, you know. Right. Skips. And I did, mem- I remember found um, a fabric at like Joanne's once that was very close to the reed, but it was like crepe or satin or Ooh. silk or something. It was very like thin, soft, silky fabric. Uh-huh. And I remember being like so impressed that it was the right size that I ended up buying like a half a yard of it just to like be like, it exists. Yeah. But um, I remember taking a picture of it, too, and posting it on the cosplay community, being like, if any of you guys want to do, like, a female two, this would be a great, like, skirt fabric or something. Sure. Uh, And, I mean, I obviously don't do that, but I was like, this is a lot better than you're going to find most other places. I don't know if anybody ever did, but that's one of those things where you're like, you see it and you have to, like, tell people. I saw this. I saw a Femme 2 once. Maybe she did use it. It was at Gallifrey, I think, two years ago. Yeah, and she'd done a skirt like that. So maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, it, was, it would have been a good... I mean, I, you would have to make, like, a skirt or a blouse out of something. It would not have made pants. It would have been ridiculous pants. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if you'd ironed it on to, like, some sort of backing, but I don't know. That would have been beyond my skills. <laughs> my, skills <laughs> my skill set doesn't extend that far. Right, right. Um, now, uh, talking shoes, I know Trotton famously usually wore his own shoes and they were hush puppies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, brown brown hush puppies yes. uh, now I've occasionally spied his shoes sometimes they look leather and other times they look suede I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he had different pairs at different times you know the funny thing is that we probably spend much more time with continuity and and fiddling over their costumes than they ever did oh sure <laughs> It was a it was a cheap show made on the fly sometimes, you know, and, and I right. doubt they were putting that much effort. I mean, you know, yeah, there, there was there was effort, but you know, there wasn't the scrutiny that we're giving it, you know. Right. Uh, Where you're 
well, he's wearing different shoes in this episode, you know, and you're like, well, it's because he forgot to change or, you know, those are his shoes that he was wearing from home. Mm -hmm. Uh, But luckily, Hutch Puppies are easy to find today. They are terribly comfortable. That's one of my favorite things about the Troutman costume. And uh, if you just find a, if you can luck out and even find a vintage 60s pair, then all the better. Yeah, that's one of the more easy things to probably obtain and an actual like name brand uh, screen accurate, I guess. <laughs> yeah, screen accurate trotting shoes. Um. <laughs> well, and it's another one of those things that like, I don't know if you do this, but like I kind of justify the price of some things sometimes if I can get away with wearing it like outside of costuming. Completely. So like... You could, I don't know if you would, if you're the kind of guy that would wear brown hush puppies, but you could. You can justify that expense by wearing them outside of costuming. <laughs> uh, very true. A lot, of, a lot of doctor footwear, except for maybe like Colin Baker's boots, you can, you can usually get away with that. The only reason I'll, I'll not wear them is because, you know, oh, I want to kind of keep them nice, you know, right. for the costume. But Troughton, you know, it adds to the weathered effect. Very true. He's not supposed to be clean. Very true. Very true. So let's talk about these crazy suspenders that he wears. Now I saw that you sourced like the actual suspenders that he wears. Yeah, I was uh, chatting with a really good guy uh, about this some time ago. Yes, that's right. The 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 braces or, or suspenders were yes, Albert Thurston's box cloths. Uh, they can be bought, but they're very expensive for like seventy five dollars for a pair of suspenders. Yeah, but that's apparently what he used. So uh, if you want to have the somebody who knew this. Sorry, you met somebody who knew this for a fact that that was yeah he what, did what, he did a lot of research on the Trouton and and said that that was like the preferred uh, brand that they used back then. Wow. Yeah. So uh, you know you can do that, or you can get you know what I did and, and get very close looking you know suspenders for twenty bucks. Uh, right. Which is uh, what else I did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the the thing about the shapes, of course, is I know somebody who had it uh, printed as uh, fabric, uh, wow. like through Spoonflower or something, and just made them that way. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I don't know how durable that would be, but you know. Do you know what Troughton actually had? I mean, were 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 his embroidered, or do you know? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I I can't believe that was offered as real suspenders back then through this company that seems so prestigious. But maybe it was. I actually sixties. It wasn't sixties though, and maybe it was some special you know run they did at the time. Uh, or they could have been vintage or or something. I I still lean to the idea they were tweaked up to give it some flavor. Uh, like like you and I have done, you know, where I literally, boy, oh, boy, cutting flowers and moons and diamonds out of felt, man. Oof. Yeah, uh, well, mine's painted on, so. Oh, okay. Well, that's another way to go, too. Did you have any stencil to help you out, or you just did it all by freehand? No, I did it all freehand. There you go. And that's how I did his recorder as well, I painted. Well, yeah, no, that's, uh, what is it? Uh, so fabric paint or cutting out yellow cheap felt would be what yeah. I'd recommend to people um, to make. And if you have the ability to do it, I would suggest embroidery as well, I think would look really well. Yeah. Really, yeah. really good. But it's such, it's one of those things that like almost nobody's going to see it, you know? That is a sad thing. You got to spend some time with the coat off to really show it off, but it's a great detail to have. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely had to do it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I have to do that. But, like, if you have to cut corners somewhere, like, I would, that would be where I would cut corners more than somewhere else. Right. And, of course, uh, we, we can't talk Trotton without talking the bow tie. Ah, uh, the bow tie. Bow ties are cool. Oh, they are. That was another one where I had a lot of difficulty finding, like, a suitable bow tie. Like, you wouldn't think that, like, that very basic, like, dark bow tie with polka dots would be that hard. A basic bow tie isn't. The actual pattern, of course, you know, white dots on a dark blue, navy blue, mm. is not exactly difficult in and of itself. It's finding it in the right size and shape. Yeah. Uh, it's great if you can get uh, vintage. Yep. Uh, I ended up getting a new tie in a child size, so it looked comically small on me. Uh. And I like it, but I still want to get a really, you know, weepy, droopy pathetic looking one so at some point i like to do that yeah and i know he yeah. does occasionally wear a larger longer tie but they tend to always be very narrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, mine mine was another ebay find um i bought it because it's dark blue and it's got the dots yeah. it's and it's um a clip-on and i just threaded a safety a large safety pin through it which i think is canon i'm pretty sure he just has his pinned on it is and um, so it, it reads really well. It's not as 
frumpy as his, you know, um, like everything else, you know, you just need to make it either too big or too small. But um, that has definitely been like one of the least biggest issues that I've had with my costume. And that's another one. Since I bought it on eBay, I bought it in like a lot of like, I don't know, like 20 other bow ties. Buying it a lot helps sometimes, totally. Yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, when you see it, you have to buy it. You don't care. But I have a bag full of like vintage clip-on ties from the 60s. And I have that same tie in like dark brown and I think black as well. And a bunch of other weird colors. Nice. <laughs> just I should come up with like alternate trout and like pale blue with like brown bow tie or something someday. Totally. The, the trout and variant. <laughs> Yeah, at some point I, I do want to get uh, be on a frumpy one, a slightly uh, larger one. I mean, I've had my eye on some on Etsy for a while. It's just a matter of pulling the trigger. I did finally get me a recorder, though. Oh. Uh, and I'm about ready to paint it. That should be fun. So I'll finally add that to the prop. Uh, now, I saw that they have a replica now, too. Have you seen any of those in person? Uh, all the ones offered through that British website. Um, right. I think it's DoctorWhoUmbrellas.com or .co.uk. Yeah, I've never seen one of theirs. I mean, they have it on their site, and they seem to kind of sometimes offer it, sometimes go on a hiatus in offering it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little expensive, I think, but, um, you know, they're, they're not bad from what I can see, but I don't know anyone who owns one. Yeah, I would want to see one, I guess, in person before I really decided, but I'm perfectly happy with the one that I painted and did myself, so... Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to doing mine. I'm just uh, reaping some some research off the RPF, and uh, I uh, I got some nice tassels off eBay. I've got my paint colors. I just gotta you know paint it up. So that'll be a fun little project for next week. Are you doing it for any particular reason? Uh, just because I've always wanted to have the recorder with the costume. Mm-hmm. It is it is one of those things. Like when I wear that costume, people will say, "Where's your recorder?" And I'll be like, yeah. "Da da da." Yep, yep. I remember one year I forgot it, and I was like so upset with myself. It's like not having jelly babies as Tom yeah, Baker. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Uh, but I mean, I like having the silver pen light for the Sonic, but not everybody tweaks on that. They always tweak to the recorder, right. and I like but having a lot my. Of realize that he had a Sonic. Yeah, most people forget that. Yeah, and uh, and heck, I mean, I like my pen light, but you know, yeah, I need to find a vintage model to to really sell it. Not that people are probably staring my Sonic going like, you know, that's the wrong model. Um, I remember my, my first Troughton Sonic was a, a vintage tire gauge. Perfect. Because that it had the reed, you know, and it yep. didn't light up, but I was like, it looks right. The tire gauge yeah. was my first Sonic screwdriver. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like as a kid, you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Hey, you know, it, it felt doctory. Yeah. It really has the reed. I mean, mine is a vintage, like, Jaguar 66 I don't know. I I don't even know where it is. I should find it. Yeah, th- they're pretty awesome. They also doubled well as a uh, man from uncle communicator pen. <laughs> uh, childhood and imaginations. Totally. Uh, but yeah, no, I I I have the five hundred year diary, which doubles as my autograph book, and I like yeah, to list that. That's out awesome. Too. I don't have that. That's a nice little. I wish when Borders was going out of business, they were selling those for like half off, and I really meant to pick one up, and then it just slipped through my fingers. It's true, yeah. There's only like one type out there right now that that's close enough, and it's yeah, it's like sixty, seventy bucks. It's quite expensive for what it is. Agreed, but you gotta have it. Yeah, well, you've got to have it. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Well, I, mean, I love the fact that like you've kind of justified the price of it by using it as an autograph book. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a, a little bit after the fact, but then I thought, you know what? Yeah, this is a cool thing to have everybody sign, and you know, it's been serving me well. I only wish I thought of it earlier yeah. when I had met Nick Courtney back in the day uh, and Liz Sladen back in '93. But you know, I couldn't have predicted. Right. <laughs> you know. I need this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well. But you do what you can. You do what you yeah. can. Um, I guess that's the main uh, Trotton costume, really. Uh, I, there's a lot more detail on all of this on the second Doctor Breakdown um, on DWCosplay.com, but I'll post the link to that for anybody interested, as well as the Jamie Breakdown. But um, uh, I guess, I'm trying to think, like, the only other significant thing you could talk about maybe is, uh, well, one, uh, if you want to make your choice between the white 60s look, he very likely did wear a pale cream or pale blue shirt mm-hmm. even back then a lot, but uh, the white '60s look or the pale blue color look he had later. I've definitely had people like yell at me for not having a blue shirt, and I'm like, that was only in that special reunion episode. In the '60s, it was it was white or like cream, you know. 
Yeah, only in uh, shots from Power of the Daleks does it look blue. Right. That I and can tell. He's wearing a different costume. <laughs> Back to the earlier costume, exactly. So I, I, I do prefer the white for 60s, but I think blue is nice to add a splash of color. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, for people that want to do that, the and the hanky is, uh, you know, it's it's easy to get a a, a red bandana, but it's better if you can find it a little bit more ornate. What I like to recommend to people is what I did, which is I took my spare seventh Doctor hanky and I just used that, which I think is a nice bit of serendipity. That ooh, hey, like yeah. maybe Seven was using one of his second incarnations hanky. So I like that. Mine, uh, I ended up I looked all over for something that had like that right mix of color predominantly red but like and i couldn't find like any anything that would really work and i ended up finding like a russian blanket online and i bought that and i cut it i cut it into a handkerchief square and i feel like it's got a very good read but it was like a 40 dollar blanket that i cut up and i was like russian it was a shawl it was a shawl but it worked That's where we lose the signal for this week's episode. Come on back next time for the second half of my chat with Mr. Von Donovan. We're going to get into more costumes and convention experiences, so check it out. If you have any questions or suggestions, just go to www.costumestationzero.com, and I'll be happy to answer them. Anyways, this is Bob Mitch signing off for Costume Station Zero. (laughs) 